Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Hi, and welcome to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 26, 2015, and it's open forum once again on Ask the Trucker Live, coming to you live from Citrus County, Florida, via Blog Talk Radio, which is headquartered out of New York City. Uh, Alan and Donna Smith here as your humble host, and this evening we're going to kick off the program with a call-in from professional trucker Kenny Capel who uh, many know has been battling an uh, obstruction of justice charge placed against him last year by Georgia law enforcement officials when it all really began to unfold back in April of 2014 and uh, because of officials ordering his wife to uh, wake him up while he was asleep in the sleeper berth while on his federally mandated 10-hour break. And uh, Donna, nearly a a year-long struggle, but as Kenny and um, those involved helping them through this nightmare will explain further, those charges finally were dismissed, so interesting catch-up. We'll have to uh, start off the show, don't you think? Yeah, it's it's quite an ordeal, and um, I don't know how many listeners have actually read the blog post uh, up on Ask the Trucker, which will give a timeline of events of actually what happened, which will probably go over tonight also. Um, actually, that blog post, it almost has a 1,000 likes now, so that's one of our biggest blog posts we've ever had. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, but you can go there and, and kind of quickly read a little bit of the ordeal. It actually started in March of 2014 was the first incident, and then uh, the, the one that Kenny was arrested was April 15th of 2014. But um, he'll go over all that tonight. I know a lot of people are wondering. Yeah, and uh, all right, we'll uh, and we'll we'll try to get to some other topics as well if time allows. But a big story on Kenny's part. But we'll do our best as this is another trucking open forum. So if you would like to be a part of the program, our call in number three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. Get you on as fast as we can, and we will get the ball rolling right after this quick break. And it's trucking open forum this evening, and it's all coming up. On Ask the Trucker Live. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, 
you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Donna, it's open forum. You already over there? I think so. <laughs> you barely made it over there if only people knew. And then just before the show, did you see all the calls coming into the phone and we're on the we're on the show and we can't do anything? I know. Got I crazy there for a minute, but okay, then uh, here we go. First up, uh, Kenny Capel and uh hey Kenny, welcome back and thanks for joining us this evening. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all of everybody's support here. <laughs> Well, it's been quite a year for you, hasn't it? So far it has, that's for sure. And uh Well, first a big congratulations. Totally well, thank you. Mhm. Well, I tell you, a lot of people, you know, they've been following the story, they kind of know it and everything, and but you know, we have uh, quite a few uh callers on the line. Uh Oh heck, probably we have 50 lines. What do we got here? Do we have 50 lines now? We Donna? have more than 50. We, we have, have more. 150. <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, I haven't scrolled all the way down here. But anyway, Kenny, just kind of start us off, maybe kind of refresh our memory how it all happened. And uh, James Lamb is also here with us. He had a lot to do with it through the SBTC, and we'll bring him in here in a second, and we'll just all chat about it. But kind of, uh, kind of run down the events again for those who may just be tuning in for the first time. Well, we had uh, an incident at the scale house there in Ringgold, Georgia, on the northbound side, where a DOT officer demanded to see my ID while I was in the bed sleeping. And I heard my wife and her arguing a little bit, and my wife was like, no, I'm not going to wake him up. He's on his you know, mandatory rest period. And uh, she said, well, what do you want to? My wife said, "What do you want to see his license for?" And she told my wife that, uh, "Well, I just want to see if he had any warrants." Well, that particular night, that incident, I actually complied and gave her the license and all that. Well, then I wanted to look into it a little bit because I didn't think I was right at all. Because when we got the paperwork back from her inspection that the officer did on my my wife and the vehicle. Um, it had my name listed on there as well as co-driver, and I was told not to log it. Well, I've always been taught that if your name's on that inspection report, you better log it. And um, mm-hmm. so that's what I ended up doing, and it really made me mad that, you know, my name was also on that report, plus she told my wife to tell me not to log it, and here's my name on this report. And I'm like, well, okay, if I have an accident, Somebody runs into me during my shift when I get up and drive the daytime and die, 
and the prosecuting attorney gets a hold of it, you know, there I am up the creek without a paddle because he's going to see that my name was on that inspection report if I didn't log it. So I actually logged it, which caused me to have to reset my whole sleeper birth time from about four and a half hours into my sleeper. So that ended up making the load late, so forth, so on. The second time, uh, I had consulted a little bit with my brother, and my brother was like, it's just a misdemeanor. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stand my ground. So the second mm-hmm. time my wife goes through there, same scenario kind of happens, and I hear my wife and her arguing. And, I get and it's up the and same officer. Same officer. Same scale house uh, within an hour time difference about a month later. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Wow. We, uh, and this is actually within a month. I think it was like three weeks apart, yeah, so there's no was, way she could have forgotten was, you. Right, exactly. And she knew the truck because I have Jesus is my boss plastered on top of my truck in, in red and blue letters, and I have a big white truck, and you can see that all the way across the median. So mm-hmm. she knew who she was dealing with. And uh, anyhow, so my wife and her are arguing again, and my wife's telling her I'm not waking him up. and. I hear her say, have you ever heard of the term obstruction of justice? And my wife fires back, have you ever heard of the Hobbs Act? So I was like, okay, this argument's getting serious. Somebody's going to jail here. I better get up and get going. So I got up and went inside and confronted her. And uh, in, in the process of getting up, my wife met me at the curtains as I was coming out. She was coming back. And she tells me, I'm going to jail. And I said, no, you're not. you got time to drive. I don't. I'm going to jail. So we go inside. <laughs> and I tell yeah. her, I ask the lady inside very nicely, you know, ma'am, what probable cause do you have to demand my ID while I'm on my mandatory 10-hour break? And she wouldn't answer me. I said, well, okay, ma'am, have a good night. And I got ready to walk back out. And she said, are you going to comply? And I said, well, what probable cause do you have? And she didn't answer me again. And I said, okay, well, have a good night. Well, the third time I got ready to walk out the door, and after I told her have a good night, my wife was coming in the door. So she asked my wife. She met my wife at the door and stopped my wife from coming in and then put cuffs on me and sat me down on the stairs and then ended up taking me to jail from that point. Uh, okay. And when you say at, at the door – when you say at the door, you mean at the door of what? At the truck or? The inspection station. Okay. I actually got okay. up, went inside, and asked her, because I know there's cameras and stuff in every inspection station you go to. Mm-hmm. So I did that on purpose. So that after this incident happened and I went to jail, I actually filed several days later for a Freedom of Information Act request for any and all video and audio of the incidents involved both incidences and we got a reply back from the department down there in atlanta telling us that there was no video or audio of either one of the events which later come to find out when they did an internal affairs investigation because james lamb actually helped us out there he had filed a doj report and uh they ended up doing a uh, internal affairs investigation on the officer at the scale house, and we found out through him that there was, in fact, video and audio of that incident. Okay. So and they then essentially we'll lied to us about it. <laughs> well, you know, that that that's the uh, 
basically pretty much the story on the last of course on the last show that we had but we have uh, a lot more that you had to go through from the time uh of the August 11th hearing that was postponed because the last time you were on the show it was just a few right. days away from the hearing and everybody on Facebook was waiting so what happened at the hearing and and of course it was postponed um prior prior to uh the DOJ investigation uh James had had a very interesting thing that he he posted about the um Sanctity of sleep. On, yes, respecting yeah. the sanctity of sleep, and uh, it's it's quite a it, it's on his I think it's on his website, but there's also the article on our website, and basically what he asked for, and this is prior to really this is when he first found out about it. He was pretty upset, and I'm trying to find it's calling just for. Uh, law enforcement to be respectful of drivers and the the rest that they need, and then it goes on and on uh, about how important rest is, and that they should understand that, and so on and so forth. But uh, I guess he can he can explain that a little better too. Is is he on the line yet? Uh, yeah, let's pull him up, James. Uh, hey, James, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good evening, all, and uh, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, now we had kind of come over this a little bit. How just re. Uh, refresh everybody's memory. I mean, exactly. How did you get involved in uh, in uh, all the the you know the problem that Kenny was having? How'd that come about? Uh, I seem to remember it came from this show. I I seem to remember right. that uh, there was there was a show and I called in and uh, we kind of chatted about that and I think uh, either on the air or right afterwards uh, I had made a statement to Kenny that said you know if you need an expert witness let me know. And uh, we'll go down there, and, and we'll actually uh, testify on your behalf that uh, all you were doing was, was complying with your DOT mandatory, you know, sleep reform. And kind of kind of went from there. And, and then we wrote that, uh, you know, that, that particular article uh, looking at this from kind of a more of a macro perspective and, and how this affects the industry in general. And, you know, the objective of that article is really to kind of make a statement and, uh, you know, put put this out there for truckers to kind of keep their ears and eyes open to see, you know, when this is happening to them. And for us to educate the law enforcement community, uh, specifically those uh, cops, you know, that are out there that uh, tend to not necessarily be uh, super trained in in the DOT regulations, but more are generalist types of uh, folks, you know, sheriff deputies uh, at the local level, and uh, kind of educate them on, on, on this whole issue and why it's important not to wake a, uh, a driver up. And, and really, it's about public safety, you know, about making sure the driver well, has enough left, as we all know. Well, let me ask a question, though. I mean, do they have the right? It Does this go against the Fourth Amendment right? They, the, the police officer has certain uh, restrictions on him or her, and so really it, it goes down to it goes down to this concept, and, and uh, Alan remembers this from his law enforcement days, uh, of whether there's reasonable suspicion on the part of the officer that a crime is being committed, basically by the, the driver or someone in that vehicle, and that goes to the Terry versus Ohio Supreme Court case and. And basically, unless there's reasonable suspicion, then what we're dealing with is the the police officer has the right to stop the driver, 
but not to wake up the you know the, the co-driver who's engaged in in sleep. You know, so there's there has to be some kind of um, evidence that he or she could point to, not this arbitrary and capricious. I'm going to just wake this person up on a whim because I happen to be here, and you know I want to collect as many driver licenses as I can today, and you know that stuff doesn't that cut it. And uh, so Kenny was right in this. Issue. Well, you know, Alan and I were talking before the show how many comments on Facebook that this has happened to so many drivers. And because, I mean, there there had to be at least a 1,000 shares throughout um, Facebook, uh, maybe more, I don't know. I mean, it was going around like crazy. And, of course, you know, it, it hit a nerve with a lot of drivers. And um, a lot of drivers would say, well, you know, I just show them the ID because they don't want to get in, involved or go through anything. They get threatened with being arrested and they figured, oh, it's not worth it and all like that. Um, but th- this is this is hitting a nerve with a lot of people on Facebook. And I wanted to ask Kenny, Kenny, you know, people wanted to know why you did this and, um, you know, why why did you make that stand? At that particular time, that was actually the third time that that's happened to me. I had it happen mm-hmm. to me one other time in Missouri, in Rockport, Missouri, where my brother-in-law was driving in the same kind of incident. The officer wanted my ID, put my name on the inspection report, the whole nine yards. And I just really had enough of it. And I just figured, you know, if somebody needs to stand up to this to try and make a change in the industry because it's wrong. We're having mm-hmm. to comply with the federal man, man, you know, federal rules as far as our sleeper birth time. They spend millions of dollars on of our taxpayers' money on sleep studies. They're forcing mm-hmm. drivers now and stuff to even go get, you know, sleep studies for sleep apnea. But yet they mm-hmm. feel it's okay to wake you up and then tell you not to log it and go back to bed. Well, well, that's just it. And you know, I mean, legally. Um, I was asking Alan, well, can you do that? And he said, yeah, you're 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 off duty. I mean, uh, what what were you saying, Alan? I, I can't remember now. I don't know what was the question. <laughs> oh, you're in the chat room. Okay, um, about you know people people saying that well they have the right because you're really logged in as off duty. You're not on duty or something like that. Who has a right? The law enforcement to to wake you up that you're legally. Off duty? Oh no! I mean, I took your question to mean that they were off duty, you know, on that. Oh, okay. And yeah, and then when they, when they, uh, but but when they wake them up, they're immediately legally and technically they go back to on duty. So it kind of, if they've already been sleeping for two hours, that two hours is gone. Now they kind of have to start all over. Okay, maybe that's okay. That's what it is. But uh, that's what I, was I mean, James. <laughs> right, but James, uh, I mean. If they are on off duty like that, does the officer legally have the right to do it because they are on off duty? They don't understand that when they wake them up, that off duty goes away. They're back on duty, and they just messed it all up. Yeah, well, what the what the what the officer in this case was doing was basically trying to have her cake and eat it too. So you know, she right. she she woke him up, and now you know, as a matter of technicality, now he's on duty. You're right, and. 
you know, uh, there's issues about whether you actually get in the, you know, uh, the driver's seat in terms of how you exactly have to log this. But basically, you're not asleep anymore, and now you've gone back on duty, and now Kenny was right. What he had to do was start the, the sleep and birth time over again because of the fact that he went back on duty to deal with her. And his and concern did, about... Go ahead. Sorry? No, no, no go ahead. His, his concern about you know, the potential of a lawsuit, that's when this stuff comes down. That's when these technicality issues matter. But for the cop to say, oh, don't worry about it, so what that is is that's a law enforcement directive for you to falsify your law. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, in other words, let's mm-hmm. pretend it didn't happen. You know, you can't do that. You can't, and, then, and then to arrest him after saying that for obstruction of justice is the ultimate, you know, ridiculousness of the whole thing. Right, but to really answer Donna's question, I mean, and I'm trying to think of uh, as when I was a cop and everything, I mean, I guess technically that officer does have the right to do that. To, I mean, they have the right to do whatever they want out there as long as it follows the guidelines of the law, legal system, I guess, but... Um, but what about your Fourth I, I, Amendment? I think the problem is um, when does federal law, do they understand or is it even the truth that federal law overrides, you know, city, city uh, county, and state laws? I mean, you see, you see what I'm doing? I mean, do, do they actually in, do they have the right to wake them up when the driver is under, uh, following under federal law? I think the real question is, does the state or local law enforcement officer have the right to interfere with a driver who is complying with federal law? Right. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. He's asleep and he's in compliance, and now you pull him out of compliance. So what's your basis, what's your your legal basis or lawful basis to pull him out out of sleep mode? And in in essence, I mean, although he had the or the uh, female officer had the right to stop his wife who was driving the vehicle and do an inspection on her, basically a level three inspection on her, um, you know, driver only. In that case, you know, he doesn't have the right to go and wake up Kenny and interfere with a you know a federal matter. Basically, that that constitutes okay. essentially interference with interstate commerce. So that, right, that, and that's okay. where probable cause would most likely come in because then if even if it is under federal law, if the, you have a definite probable cause, then 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 I would I would think at that point um any law doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you think something something suspicious is going on, maybe there's somebody in the truck that shouldn't be there or something like that. But uh I think right, that's where right. the Fourth Amendment comes in. And I think this was all in the DOJ uh, 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 report that you sent off, correct? But for the most part. I mean, we pretty much try to cover all those points in, in that complaint. But let, let's say that, you know, let's change the circumstance a little bit just for fun. And let's say that Kenny's the bad guy in this situation. And let's say mm-hmm. that it, it turns out that, you know, the fact pattern shows that, uh, you know, the, the officer stops the vehicle, the wife is driving, and Kenny kidnaps some, you know, teen girl, and it's one of those, you know, right. uh, 
human trafficking situations, and he's got the girl, you know, in the in the back. You know, I'm the, sorry for the drama, Kenny, but you know, we're we're going to just try to change it up a bit here. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, I got you. So in that case, you know, what does the officer know at that point? Maybe maybe she got tipped off that you know he was, you know, uh, holding some girl, you know, that was uh, on the news or something, and and uh, at that point, then the officer then has reasonable suspicion. And that's the standard, reasonable suspicion. I think you're committing a crime, so now everybody's getting out of the trouble. You know, and then it's okay. Right. As long as she can articulate that. But this was something different. This was she on a whim just decided I'm Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane and this is my you know, this is my town and we're I'm the law and I'm gonna decide what happens around here and that includes giving you the right to break the law. I Almost like the Pope is giving you a special dis- dispensation or something. You know, oh, don't worry about that. You don't have to log that, Kenny, because I said so. I'm the officer. I'm the law. Well, that's not the way America works. You know, that's not that's not the way our society works. You know, you're an officer of the law. You know, but but that's not the way it works. And and in fact, you know, I got to say, Kenny did. Kenny was wrong here. You know why Kenny was wrong? Because Kenny was in obstruction of sleep. He was in obstruction of the law enforcement law enforcement officers' uh, unlawful activities. Did he obstruct something? Yeah, he obstructed her, but he didn't obstruct justice because she was wrong. You know, and and I'm just right. joking. They can't wrong. Obviously, I'm just playing playing around. But you know, the point is that that uh, you know she was the one that had to be in the right in order for an obstruction of justice charge to stick. And at the end. After we asked for an investigation at the federal level and after we asked internal affairs at the state and local level to kind of kick in, uh, it, it must have become very apparent, especially over the apparent lies over the existence of the videotape, then when all was said and done, that there was no justice, uh, you know, infringed upon by Kenny at this point. And if anything, you know, the, the, in the interest of justice, this had to be dismissed. And that's what we asked for, and, you know, I think we're all glad that, that that's what happened. Well, you 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 brought up a point I was going to bring up. I mean, you, you said a reason, reasonable suspicion. I think I was going to I was going to use the term reasonable cause, because I mean she clearly the officer clearly told Kenny's wife when when his wife uh, asked her, you know, why did you want me to wake her up? She if if I'm understanding, if I remember correctly, she the officer clearly stated, well, I just want to see if he has any warrants. That was the first time in March. Yeah. Right. But that was. Uh, there, there's no reasonable cause there. It's just she just she just wanted to she just wanted to check. So really, it kind of all started going downhill from there legally for Kenny's for Kenny's side anyway. Right. That's right. Yeah. She, yeah, she uh, was she, she was fishing. Right. Well, now Kenny, the other thing too is when she said, "Don't worry about it." Um, you had said to uh, Alan and I earlier that she put your name on the ticket. So you you All have right. to log right, right. You know I've I've my mom's a court reporter and she was the world's fastest typist at one time over 180 words a minute, and I've heard hundreds and hundreds of cases, and by listening to those cases, one of the things I learned was that if you have an issue where you're being prosecuted, it comes down to a lot of times the nitpicky stuff. And mm-hmm. by me not logging that, that would have put me liable for anybody that had an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, say if they hit me and they died from it, 
Well, now this prosecuting attorney now has this paper where I was inspected at this time, but my logbook says I was still in the sleeper and not mm-hmm. logged on duty because my name's on that inspection report. Automatically, in case of court, I would be charged for vehicle or manslaughter. Right. Right. If you would have if you would have listened and and said, yeah, Okay, exactly. I won't Yeah. I won't log it. Right. And of course you don't have a video going on to say, Well, she told me not to because you know, they'll just turn around and say, No, I didn't <laughs> I mean that's just right. the way it is. <laughs> right. Well listen, hold on, let me take a quick break and when we come back I I wanna to touch on this uh Request for Pattern and Practices investigation that James uh, did on behalf of Kenny. And get a little bit more into that, uh, Donna. I think that was uh, uh, an interesting aspect of the whole thing, too. Right, and and all the the postponements that went on and going down and, of course, taking time off from work. There was a lot that happened since our last show. So this was this was quite a victory. Okay. All right, quick break and we'll be You are right listening to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Ask the Trucker Live and I want to tell you how you can save big money with Pivot Technology Resources. Pivot Technology Resources is the trucking industry's only source for quality new and used mobile communications and asset tracking equipment. With Pivot Technology Resources, you can have the latest technology such as Omnitrack's MCP50 and the MCP200 or a PeopleNet BLU2 or PD4 and for around half the price of going directly through the manufacturer. Here's how they are able to bring you quality technology at such a low cost. Pivot Technology Resources obtains working in-cab computers from companies that go out of business, downsize their fleet, or change their technologies. Their team of professionals guarantee that they are in working order and even offers a brand new in-house warranty and all for about half the price. They even will buy your equipment as well. Find out more by calling 1-800-679-0177 and visit them on the web at pivotresources.com. Discover why so many of the most respected companies in the country have relied on their expertise. one 800 679-0177 pivotresources.com This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back, Trucking Open Forum with uh, James, Land, uh, James Lamb of the SBTC, Kenny Capel on the line, and welcome to all our listeners. Appreciate it, and those in the chat room. And uh, James, I, listen, this uh, I, I I was just kind of uh, found this request for pattern and practices investigation that you submitted to the uh, Georgia Motor Carrier Compliance Division pretty interesting. Can uh, tell us a little bit more about that? How did that all come to play, and uh, how it you, uh, you know how it affected the case for Kenny. Yeah, we uh, we really didn't know much about that uh, before we started, you know, in doing our research and investigating the whole Kenny, uh, you know, case. And as we did our research, we came across um, uh, the United States Code, uh, Title Forty Two, Section, what is it, fourteen fourteen one, and that's really um, 
the, the essence of uh, civil rights violations by police officers, essentially against citizens, and uh, it's called the Police Misconduct Statute. And there's a variety of, of different parts of it, but the part that we invoked here in our September letter to the Department of Justice was this one section that, as you stated, is, is referred to as a pattern and practice investigation. And unlike other civil rights types of actions and laws that focus on a particular officer, like color of law, abuse, for instance, you know, where one particular officer is the subject of an investigation, this was about the police agency. What we did was we looked at a couple of facts. Number one, there was a pattern of violation here against Kenny's civil rights, in our opinion, uh, where, number one, it was the same officer on at least two occasions. And so there we had, you know, uh, more than one, so that was a pattern. And then, you know, the, um, the, the other issue really had to do with how, how the supervisor of this officer uh, responded to Kenny's initial complaint. So I recall in the first interview that we all did here, Kenny said, you know, he went to the supervisor, and the supervisor blew him off, basically. And so now, because that's a supervisor, that brings in more than just the one officer. That's the agency that we're now dealing with. And so because of that, you know, the, the, the statute specifically says that when there's certain uh, criteria that are met, then a citizen or a group of citizens, as in the case of the SBTC, of which Kenny is a dues-paying member, um, we can bring this type of a complaint to the Department of Justice, the federal government, United States Department of Justice, ask them to review the agency, and that's what we did. And so we were basically saying that there was a lack of supervision or monitoring of the officer's actions because it was going on more than once and they weren't stopping it. And the second thing was there was a lack of improper, a lack of or improper training of the officer. The officer should have known, especially because of the fact that she was at a way station and it's, it's part of her normal duties to deal with motor carriers. She should know that you don't wake up a driver who's engaged in his federally mandated sleep. So because of that, that's kind of the you know the gist of the whole complaint. And so we asked the feds to go in and review the agency and its, uh, you know, it, its practices, basically. And uh, while we wrote that letter, we copied the agency and we said, hey, we're doing this. And by the way, before the feds come in, you guys might want to, you know, maybe start an internal affairs investigation into this. And that, it turns mm -hmm. out, exactly what, you know, and that's how that, what that's they how, did. That, 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 yeah, exactly. Okay, well, Kenny, so from, let's backtrack then from, August 7th, when you were last time on the show, uh, what was kind of like the trail of events there? Like, you know, when when they told you that uh, it was going to be dismissed, like when did they tell you that? When you show up in Georgia, did they tell you ahead of time? You know, what kind of, uh, you know, pain in the neck did you have to go through with all these dismissals that went on? Well... Driving down or postponements, there I meant, postponements. Mm -hmm. Right. Every time I would go down there and show up for roll call, they would have the court date scheduled like two days or so after the roll call date. And every time I showed up for roll call, it kept getting postponed, postponed. Well, we had found out during the internal affairs investigation that there was, in fact, a video, but they had not released it to my attorney. And we were trying to get that as well. 
And so is that, that allowed not to give it to your attorney? Is that allowed not to give it? As far as as far as I know, they're supposed to you know give any information that they you know that you request for you know so they can know how to deal with the case. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, and that's something that I today still have not ever seen or, or heard was any of the video or audio. Wow. But I know for a fact there was some there because you can't go into a scale house and not see a camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but they kept postponing but, things over and over and over every time we would go down. And um, mm-hmm. finally, they contacted my mother-in-law and told her that the case had been settled and that we were eligible to receive our, our bail money back. But how many so times did this go on? How many times did four this times. go on? So you went down and four times. So now, and each time you had to travel from Tennessee down to Georgia? Correct. Correct. And even though they were my witnesses, and, and James found this funny himself, they were subpoenaing all of them as that they were going to be witnesses for the prosecutor. And that's too weird. Why is that? I mean, James, do you have any idea why that is? I'm not clear on that, actually. I mean, I think that it might have something to do with the fact that the attorney for Kenny was actually a public defender and is actually uh, an agent uh, of the state. So it just may be a technicality that, you know, the state defense, you know, public defender system was was, uh, issuing it, and it it goes through – the uh, you know the prosecutor's office just by you know kind of on a technicality. If it had been a private attorney, the private attorney would have subpoenaed the witnesses for the defense on his own. And uh, you know I, I I got a subpoena and I was subpoenaed by the state. And you know I was already going and I, I was already making. You know we had bought the plane arrangements and we had uh, already talked with his attorney and, and we're planning the testimony and all. We we're you know planning on when we we're going to meet. Uh, it was the Thursday before, as I recall. Uh, trial was going to be on Monday in December, and that's after it had already been postponed from October. And then they canceled it, and so we bought a plane ticket. And uh, you know now we're we're knocking on their door saying, "Hey, uh, you know that whole thing you made Kenny go through, and you know how uh, you, you dragged him along for a year and finally dismissed it." Well, you know that subpoena you sent me, where you told me under you know duress I'd have to, or under uh, a threat of uh, imprisonment I'd have to come to, to Georgia now. Well, you know I bought my plane ticket. <laughs> you you owe us some money now, you know. So that's kind of where. We're Did at. they pay you? They haven't paid us, and the, and in fact they're giving us the runaround where the prosecutor's office is now saying, you know, well you got to talk to the public defender's office, and the public defender's office says you got to talk to the prosecutor's office. So it's a big three ring mm-hmm. circus apparently in this agency. And I said uh, finally yesterday, I said, you give me the the phone number for the judge, please, because I think I want to talk to him. <laughs> and that, that's our next. Yeah. Question. Wow, that, that's that's amazing. Um, and 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 now, did you have to do this four times? You bought four different plane tickets. No, no, no. I was only uh, scheduled for the for the one time. It had already gotten postponed. I think um, Kenny. Uh, I think uh, if you recall, I, I, I believe that we had asked for it to be postponed in October because um, I needed to appear in December instead of October because of a conflict. So one of the times I think it was us, but I, everything else was was them, including indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You know, postponing to the point where they apparently had to just drop the case. That's what we asked for in our complaint to DOJ. Okay, okay, and um, 
I wonder, I mean, and you never got a reason why it was dismissed? Do they usually have to tell you why something's dismissed? Yeah. I've been, I mean, well, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Ken. I I think I know why. Yeah, I've requested quite a few times to find out what their reasons were, and I've not received any information at all other than it's been dismissed. Yeah. Okay. Okay, James, you said you had a, you you kind of think you know, or? Yeah, I think it had to do with the fact that uh, that it was over the videotape, you know, and over the the uh, oh. defense subpoena of the, the videotape, and ultimately, you know, the uh, the fact that they said, well, Internal Affairs knows there's a videotape, and we've said in writing there is no videotape, and now what do we do? Uh, right. In the interest of justice, case dismissed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they 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 trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to get out of this. What what what's the what's their story going to be now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, with all this, you know, nobody wants to see um anybody, you know, be harmed by it or anything like that. You want to see good come out of it. And hopefully, th- this is going to set off a flag to say, you know what, this really is serious. I mean, I'm the eternal optimist, you know. I'm always saying, you know, there's got to be, you know, you make lemonade from lemons. And hopefully this will, instead of people like, yeah, well, we'll show them, and, you know, like this big uh, power struggle, they'll say, look, this is really serious. And truck driver fatigue is a major issue. And if we really care about the people on the highway that we say we care about and that we're here to protect, hold on, then, um, then, then, you know, they should say, okay, we were wrong and, and that's it. But a lot of times pride uh, comes in the way and, and hopefully that's not going to be the case and, and things will change. And my other question I wanted to ask was uh, what kind of, law could or could there be a law that could go into effect that could actually make this more clear would this have to come from congress because fmcsa can't do anything unless congress says something so is this like a possibility that that things can change and 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 something's going to can be done about this I think so, Don. I, I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I copied um, the Honorable Scott Darling, FMCSA acting uh, administrator, on my letter was for that very purpose, for him to be aware of, you know, this particular issue and the problems that truckers are, are really facing out there with respect to this. And there could be some kind of a federal rule or some kind of a federal statute. Of course, we'd have to go to Congress for that, but ultimately there could be something that says that, um, you know, there's penalties against a, um, you know, law enforcement officer that uh, that does something like this, specifically not just with interference of interstate commerce, which is already there, but specifically with respect to waking up drivers. Now, that, that can be added or, you know, the, the, the prescription can be expanded to be specific to that. And with respect to, you know, what you're saying about the good in all this, I think there's a lot of good here. I think this is a wonderful story. This is something that I know Kenny is proud of at this point, and I think uh, truckers that are listening should be cheering him on. And basically, you know, we should look at this as here's a trucker who said, you know, I've had enough of this. 
This is the system that's abusing truckers because the system believes that truckers don't have any power and, you know, we're just all, you know, lowly truckers and, and we, we're here to be kicked like dogs. Well, that's not the case. And, and the fact of the matter is that we have an organization that stands up for its members. Kenny was a member of the SBTC. We went to bat for him. We saw that there was an injustice issue here. And we made sure that in the end, justice was, you know, justice did prevail for, for him. So there's a, there's a lot of good that, that came from this. And we're also holding the system and the players in law enforcement accountable for their actions. And when they make mistakes, you know, they, they need to recognize that. And the system needs to say, you know, we're sorry and I'm waiting for the apology. In addition to uh, case dismissed, sorry, Kenny, that, that should be coming next. And I think ultimately that, uh, you know, this is, this is a situation where the, the industry should be able to say, you know what, if we get together and we collectively argue our points in an intelligent way and, you know, get political when we need to, then we can, we can prevail and we can protect the interests of the small players in transportation, and that's really what the, the whole idea of SBTC is all about. Right, and, and the apology, apology, in my opinion, really should go to uh, all professional drivers. I mean, this... You know, I just want to read something. I don't want to take too much time. But here's some statements uh, about what the FMCSA and the National Transportation Safety Board and uh, NTSB, what they said. Driver fatigue is recognized as a major factor, this is the FMCSA, in accidents involving long-haul truck drivers. One way in which long-haul truck drivers decrease their fatigue level is through the use of tractors equipped with sleeper berths. However, even with these units, the quality and quantity of sleep that a driver obtains may not equal what they would receive if they were sleeping at home. So there's acknowledgement that there is a challenge to just sleeping in the truck, let alone uh, getting enough sleep. Now here's the NTSB. Uh, Driver fatigue is a factor in 31% of all uh, fatal-to-driver heavy truck crashes and found fatigue to be a factor in even a higher percentage of all truck crashes. Now, I don't know if that 31%, I know there was one FMCSA that said it was only 4%, but the point is that if you're concerned about truck driver fatigue, and, of course, everybody knows all the added regulations that are going on uh, to prevent truck driver fatigue. And and now you've got your law enforcement ignoring the um, the hours of service, the 10-hour break. You know, instead of a- adding more regulations, why don't we fix a very easy problem of not – uh, waking drivers up. You you agree with that, Alan? I mean, doesn't it make more sense to you to just fix the problems that are going on now instead of adding more regulations uh, to to try to fix it? Well, yeah, and I think and I think you kind of you kind of beat me to the punch with that last question you had for James. And basically, what you were asking was, is this case going to set a precedence for future situations like Kenny's? And and I'll just kind of uh, expand on that a little bit, James. I mean, the the case was dismissed, but truck drivers who find themselves in a similar position as Kenny or the same position as Kenny in the future, it, I mean, this is already kind of a big deal, correct me if I'm wrong, but they could actually point to this case in order to uh, uh, to, you know, to win any such case against them. So really it does already kind of set a precedence for future cases such as this, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I think there was also that Martin Hill case that was out there. So, you know, that, that that's there on the books, too. So, you know, I think uh, I think the, the two cases combined definitely, you know, sets the precedent. And, and I, I think, you know, we, what we want to do here is we really want to say this was an instance where one particular officer appeared to be, you know, at a line. And I think if we look at it from the perspective of we shouldn't really be uh, stereotyping law enforcement or police officers in general uh, any more than we want, you know, them or anybody in the public to do that about truckers. You know, there's a bad trucker who's urinating on the side of the, the road. That's that trucker. That's not all truckers. That's not the trucking industry. You know, the, the, he's not representative of, of the rest of our members. So I think we want to, you know, basically point to when there's a problem person. And, you know, what Kenny did here was he did the industry a service. He did himself a service, and he did the industry a service. And he stood up and he said, you know what? This is a problem, and now it's our turn to kind of take the ball and, and run with it. Kenny can kind of relax now. He's getting his operating authority. He's going to start, you know, an own, his own business, and good for him, you know, and he's on his own path. But the rest of us, as far as the industry goes, we now got to take the, the torch from him, and we need to move forward. And, and our basic, you know, premise here is if this happens again, we're going to be there. And I'm going to tell both of you, Alan and, and Donna, we got a call this morning. Somebody heard mm-hmm. the news yesterday that we had put out, and they said, hey, you know what? That happened to me, too. And sure. Now, it's now, all over Facebook. It's happened to them all. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a template re- letter ready to go. You know, you tell me your name, and the, the date of the incident, and the name of the officer, and I can plug that in and shoot that off to the Department of Justice. So, you know, this okay. is about educating how, the industry how, how, and educating law enforcement. I'm sorry, James. I was just I was just going to touch on what you just said. Uh, how 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 can people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Let's let's get that out. Send send a email to membership at smalltransportation.org. That's the simplest way. That's the best way. Okay, quickly let me ask you, Kenny. You're, you're um uh oh now who's uh who's Richard? Is that is that uh your brother? Kenny, or who's that? Yeah, he would be my identical twin brother. Okay, all right. Well, he's just blasting a bunch of stuff there in the chat room, and I thought I thought it was you, and I was going to say that's great, great information. But the listeners can't the listeners can't see it, so I was going to say, well, you know, what's all going on in there? But hey, that's <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I, let me get I, your. Go ahead. I told him to call in, and I gave him the number, but he said uh, that he was doing stuff on his end. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, that's fine. Well, he's got a lot of information there in the chat room, but the uh, the listeners just I, – I was just going to share it with the listeners there. We uh, At this current point, we have uh, – I'm looking up here on my board. We have 76 listeners listening in live right now, so I was going to get that information to them. Let me ask you here, Kenny, then um, – as far as uh, you know, I'd ask James about this case setting a precedent for future cases, which I think we all agree that it will. What what do you uh, see as uh, you know the importance in this case? What can uh, the you know future truckers, the truckers, and even you know the newcomers coming to the industry? What can they? What would you like to get out to them? What can they learn from this case and all this has happened to you? Well. I mean, I wouldn't wish every you know what happened to me on anybody else as far as that goes, but I stood my ground because we were on a dedicated run, and I knew we would be coming right back through there the very next day. 
but it it had me so upset that I felt that if if I didn't do it, nobody else would. Because I've talked mm-hmm. to other people that have had the same incidents, and they're like, "Oh, we just gave them the license." I said, "Well, did you log it?" You know, well, no, they told me not to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, no, 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 no." You know, this has got to stop. So if my mm-hmm. case makes a difference to make things happen, that's I'm all for it. I, I would love for that to happen because I feel it needs to stop. Right, and that and that's what I was saying. You know, you got to look at the good side. You know, of what can come out. Sometimes, you know, good does come out of uh of bad and um hopefully this is the case and, and more people will stand forward and and say something. Of course you can't blame people if they don't want to. I mean, you know, maybe maybe yeah, they mean, just can't go to jail, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you want to be handcuffed and thrown to jail, but you know some will some some don't and but then again, James, that's their uh that's their individual choice. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. I mean, our our um advice is still the same as it was during the last fall that we had. And that was, right. you know, if you can avoid the confrontation and fight it out after the fact, after the officer drives away without you in the back seat, then that's your best bet. Yeah, that's why I brought that up. I was hoping you, so you could say that again because, uh, I mean, you know, it it all worked out good. It's a good precedent for future cases. But boy, you know, if you can just kind of um, just kind of let it go there, and then well, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, Kenny, and and, and you know. Um, you had you had some guts for, for sticking up for for your rights. I don't know that I would have done the same exact thing. I think I would have put it out after the fact. But I think I'm going to send you some golden boxing gloves just for the heck of it. Donna. Okay. All right. We're back. Hey, I got dropped off there, so I guess y'all were just kind of having a good time there. But yes, we uh, were. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, huh, that was odd. Boy, we're having great weather, and I got kicked off. So anyway, what was I saying? I don't know. We were having a great conversation. I was rambling to... on. What was I saying? <laughs> my my, um, just... my wife has something she'd like to say. Nikki. Oh, yes. Okay. All right, hang on. I just wanted to say that uh, if my husband had not went to jail over all of this, it wouldn't have got the attention and... Now maybe something will really come of it, thanks to James's help. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And hopefully now this can get picked up with some other um, media sources because it is so uh, important for the um, for the industry, for drivers, for safety. For, for t- I mean, it just hits so many uh, borders. Of, of safety here that, uh, you know, I can't imagine it not being picked up uh, in, a, in a much broader spectrum. So, yeah. and, and, and for our listening audience, this is Nikki, um, Kenny's wife. And uh, how, let me ask you, I want to ask you, you know, what was your feeling that night as the wife and going through this? Were you scared? What was going through your head the second time that this happened? Uh, if, can you remember those emotions? Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I'm not as calm as my husband. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. We're like total opposites. Um, right. He's the calm, mellow one. He deals with situations better than I do. I was furious. I mean, I was fussing at him. I was fussing at the officer. Um, my big thing was. 
okay, great. Now not only do I have to run my shift to get this load up there, but I have to run his shift to get it back to get our next load that we were already that was already sitting waiting on us back mm-hmm. down to where it had to go so we didn't lose our dedicated contract. Right. Right. Which actually And I, mean, I ran out of time at the delivery and was not or uh here um I ran out of time at exit sixty two off of I seventy five which was twenty miles before I got to my actual delivery. Thank goodness for my mother, she had got him out of jail and, and back home in time to put him back in the seat of the truck to get the load delivered on time. But that was my wow. biggest issue. And mm-hmm. so I didn't end up having to go off my logbook to do everything I did, but had my it mother not close. been willing to drive from Tennessee at 3 o'clock in the morning all the way down to Georgia and then sit mm-hmm. down at the police department seven hours trying to bail him out, the load never would have got to where it was and, and we'd have had a big possibility of losing our contract. Right. And, so. and of course, you know, they're not thinking of all that. They're just – and sometimes you wish that they would think about all that because if they knew that you – know, I mean, everybody in life has – situations that they deal with nobody's without them and i think what happens is people lose compassion for other human beings and you know it it, it's crazy to me that that happens but they didn't think of all this going on of you know of losing accounts losing money and everything just to you know win their point do a little bit of a power struggle or something like that. And and this is what I'm saying. If people, if law enforcement, and this is why I like that, that um, sanctity of sleep right up uh, with the training that you called on, James, because if law enforcement, who are nothing more than people, understand and have more compassion, I think it changes things uh, a little bit. And um, it, and that should be part of the training. This is what these people go through, okay? This is their life. And, you know, our job is to make things safer, not to make it more difficult. And I think that's so important. And I don't know if that'll ever, if that'll ever happen, but hopefully it will because of this. Well, I think most do. I mean, you know, there's bad apples in, you know, in every barrel, I guess, but I, I you know, one apple doesn't make them all bad. Well, I'll tell you what though. I mean, come on, you saw all the comments on Facebook. This this post was in, you know, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 groups. It was getting passed around uh the article from S the Trucker. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know yourself how many people said yeah, I got stopped here. Oh yeah, they made me they woke me up, but I, you know, I just handed it to them, you know, and all this and mm-hmm. I, I it's it's very common. So, um yeah, but my point is I'm not saying that, you know, we should put that in classification of abuse and everything. Maybe they just don't under James, maybe they just don't haven't been educated in the in in the federal regulations, the federal laws that these drivers work under. I think that's right, Alan, and I think that uh, I think we need to come up with a new slogan for the law enforcement community, and, and that slogan should be, let 
truckers or let sleeping truckers lie. <laughs> I think that should be yeah. that should be the motto, you know. And and I think you you hit it on the on the head, Donna. I think that uh, you know this is about being sensitive and 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 you know having some kind of human decency as to what you're about to put a person and his family through by by virtue of an arrest because your ego got bruised. You know, I mean that's really what happened here. And right. I don't know if this right. I don't I don't know if that officer is listening right now. I'm, I'm sure she's eventually going to find out about this and play the the tape back. But you know, I, I really hope that she can find it within herself to realize that she made a mistake here, and hopefully she'll learn from that mistake and she'll grow and she'll you know move on, and she'll recognize that you know it really in the end it doesn't make any sense to wake up a truck driver to find out if he's getting enough sleep. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. That's basically what an officer is doing in the, in the context of law enforcement of motor carriers. Are the drivers getting enough sleep and complying with hours of service? Well, you don't wake them up to find out if they're getting enough sleep. That makes no sense. So with a little logic and a little compassion, you know, that's the message for the law enforcement community. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this the right way. Let's keep in mind the basic public interest of driver fatigue, preventing driver fatigue, and, and, and basically try to find a way to work together from this point forward, law enforcement community and trucking industry, so that we can c- c- combat this, you know, this little problem that we're having that's causing this conflict, get beyond it, and, and everybody should be okay. I wanted to ask uh, Kenny a question, and I don't mean to hog up the show, Alan, but I, all these things come in my head. Um, Kenny, you had said to us uh, about you got a ticket for a logbook, or your wife did, and yet you were on an EOBR. What, which t- which stop was that oh. all about, or is that a whole different uh, thing we no, were no, talking about? No, 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 no. This was the, the first time that she had gotten stopped. Uh, the lady specifically asked her for her uh, logbook summary. And uh-huh. um, my wife would be the one. She's she's wanting to answer this one. Hang on, because she's the one that it happened to. <laughs> okay. Um, we had people met, and she specifically asked me for my onboard summary. Um, uh-huh. For those of you who know what PeopleNet consists of, some of you don't. There's several different pages that you can go through. The summary part of it is kind of reminds you of a written letter. It tells you everything that you did all wrote out. It's not on a graph like a logbook page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just for the last however many hours since you put yourself back in the computer that your company wants it to go back to. Most of them just do it on a daily basis. If she would have asked me for the graph, I would have pulled her up the logbook page. But she asked Mm -hmm. me for the summary. I pulled the summary up for my log and my husband's log. And then she turned around and wrote me a violation and told me there was no no current record of duty status. That was my first ticket. And, 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 I mean, was that true, false? I mean, how do you explain that? It was false because she didn't ask me for the graph. And if she would have read the summary, it would have told her everything that the graph said as well. So there's a case where she didn't understand reading the summary. Is that correct? The pe- she didn't know how to read the people net. But did you try to explain to her? 
Yes, I did. After and she what gave she me, say? after she wrote the violation, and she said, "Well, <clears throat> from what I saw, there was no logbook." I said, "You didn't ask me for the logbook graph. You asked me for the summary. I pulled up the summary." I said, so to me, it seems like there seems to be an issue that Georgia's DOT personnel do not know how to work the electronic onboard recording devices that are now being required right. in trucks. And this is going to be a mandate soon, and this is scary stuff. Right. Yeah, I, think, so I don't think don't it's just Georgia either. Them, and they're writing violations because they don't know how to read them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, before this ELD, before this ELD mandate takes place, and I hope the people who make decisions are listening to this tonight, that they need to hear this, and that a nationwide training, just like they have the National Registry for Medical Examiners, they should have the National Registry for DOT enforcement officers to to understand this because this could be a real mess for people um and and like alan said alan i totally agree i don't think it's just georgia i mean this just happens to be where this happened yeah not and not not the entire state but i mean you know i mean i know for a fact you know there's officers out there that don't know how to read the eld they'll i mean uh i i've worked for companies that have handed us papers with instructions on how to operate the e l d that we are to hand to the police officer because be i mean it, you know it, it's just common knowledge you know but they're going to have to have some training like you're talking about donna and and now they're talking about pushing wanting to push up the e l d mandate and everything well, you better have your ducks in a row with law enforcement. Because um, there's going to be a lot of problems if not, and uh, that's all I can say. Because that that to me is is really it's just wrong. Um, because she, in my opinion, if I was the officer, I would have confronted you before I wrote the ticket. I would have said, "Oh, you don't have a uh, such and such, and I'm going to write you a ticket." And then you could have said, "Oh, I can give you that." And then it's all said and done. But to me, doing it the other way of here, show me this. Oh, okay, that's not on there. I'm just going to write a ticket. With, you know, that's that's just not. To me, that's just not right. That's not how well, you do Donna, things. Another in life. thing. Right, and another thing though is I wanted to fight that ticket. The company mm-hmm. that I was leased to at the time yeah. refused to cooperate with me in order for me mm-hmm. to get that off of my record. So it's not I only know. the drivers I mean, out here that aren't standing up, it's the companies too. And the company right. that I was well, leased to wasn't a small company. They had over 750 trucks. Mhm. Mhm. So. Well, now you have your own authority, so you don't have to yeah, deal with all that. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, look, our time's kind of winding down. This, uh, Kenny, get your, your last final co- uh, thoughts and comments, and James, you as well. But, Kenny, what do you, what do you like to close with? What's your final comments here? Well, if uh, what I did made a, a change in the industry for the better, it's, it's well worth doing. Uh, I just want to thank yes. James uh, and you guys and Martin Hill. I know you're out there listening, Martin. Uh, because yeah, Martin. Guys, actually, I just want to say that that's where we um, we found you. Martin sent us an email, 
and told us about, you know, he had uh, created a video where you had actually told him your story. So, uh, okay. yeah, definitely. Yeah, but and go ahead. I, I would just like to say, thought. you know, everybody be safe out there. The weather's getting nuts this time of year, that's for sure. And for all you new guys out there, look at some of the old hands for advice. Yeah, there you go. That's for sure. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, Kenny and James, what are you, what final thoughts or comments you'd like to put out there for everybody? I, I think uh, the last thing I want to say here is that when you're dealing with law enforcement, keep in mind that there's a power dynamic, and, and they're above you. You know, they have authority over you. So cooperate as much as you can in general, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, if you're, if you're looking to, you know, defend your rights, do it after the fact so that it, in that case, you know, we have the uh, ability to prevent the uncomfortable circumstances of getting arrested and all that. Um, you know, just recognize that when a cop writes a ticket and you prove he's wrong, he's probably not going to take it back because it's bad as he. And that's really, that's really what we're dealing with. Hats off to Kenny. Um, I mean, I know with, with what I just said, he did it the opposite way. And if it wasn't for him, you know, we, we wouldn't have had this battle. I doubt this officer thought at the time when she thought she had power over him, the ultimate power over him, that ultimately Kenny's trade group, you know, that he's a member of would stand up for him and, and go full to bat and, and fight this in front of the Department of Justice and FMCSA and, and ultimately Internal Affairs. And that's what we did. And I think the officers will think twice now once this gets around and they start listening to this that, um, you know, truckers have the ability to, to fight back and, uh, and ultimately, you know, let us do that for you. You know, you don't have to be the one who puts yourself in jeopardy and, and uh, bad things can happen, you know, when you're locked up 12 hours. So let's try to avoid that. Come to us with your problems. Come to uh, smalltransportation.org or write to us membership at uh, smalltransportation.org. And uh, as long as the facts are exactly what you present them to be, you know, we'll go back we'll go to bat for you too. All right. Well, that's great. And uh, just yep. to let everybody know that tonight's show the um, is in the archives. So, most of the listens get listened by drivers through their podcast um, after after the live show. So um, hopefully a lot of you are listening to this and and uh, you, writing this information down. And if you need to, you can just ask us on Facebook in private message or through email if you need any of this information. Yeah, and I'll also be going in there and uh, editing out that part where I got uh, got knocked off. But you've got some noise going on in there, Donna. Do I? I think. Oh, you know what? I'm, okay, I know what it is. I just, it's the coffee pot. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm making some coffee already. All right, Kenny James, appreciate it. And uh, listen, got to take a break. We'll come right back and we'll kind of start wrapping it up here on Ask the Trucker Live. Be right back. up truckers are you looking for deals on trucks trailers parts or equipment or maybe you need to sell something truck related well there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers no middlemen involved that's why we call it trucker to trucker.com there's no charge at all for looking and if you want to place an ad for what you're selling it's just 19.95 and it runs till it sells so whether you're buying or selling it's time to log on and take a look trucker to trucker.com check it out that's trucker to trucker.com Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs 
and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. PruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash trucker lawyers and follow them on Twitter as at trucker lawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Hey drivers, Alan Smith here with Ask the Trucker Live asking, are you home every weekend? Are you off on all major holidays and still get paid? Well, if not, then listen up because we may have the perfect driving opportunity for you. Godspeed Expeditors LLC of Rockwall, Texas is currently seeking a husband and wife team for one of their dedicated tractor trailer lanes. A Class A CDL with hazmat endorsement is required, and the team must have six months verifiable experience within the last 24 months. This team will be running approximately 3,600 miles per week, Monday through Friday, and pay is calculated at 70 cents per mile, and that means all miles. That's a whopping $2,500 per week take-home and $130,000 per year possibility. All applicants will be security screen and must be able to pass a drug screen. There is a one-week orientation which pay $500 to the team and the hotel room will be provided. No felony or Class A misdemeanors need apply. So stop running yourselves in the ground for little pay and come home to an exciting, well-paying job that I know you've been looking for. And after one year, pay is increased to $0.75 per mile for all miles. And if you are in West Virginia especially, teams are needed now. So for this great drive, Driving opportunity career, contact Godspeed Expeditors LLC at 479-234-5323. That's 479-234-5323. Call them right now and be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Ask the Trucker Live. And we are wrapping it up. Donna, you have any notes for us? Yes, I do. Tonight we didn't get to um, talk about anything with the health, uh, that the shows that are going to be coming up soon, and we were going to touch on it tonight. Um, just to let everybody know, we are having a series of health shows, um, Eating Healthy on the Road, How to Avoid Processed Foods, um, Eating More Organic Foods, Staying Away from GMOs, Eating to Prevent Disease, Eating to Cure Disease, so there's a lot of great health information, and, and drivers, you'll see more and more groups going up on social media sites because they are so interested uh, in health. Um, actually, you can see a lot of the, the uh, Facebook groups if you go to our truckingsocialmedia.com website, 
and go to the uh, social media icon and you'll see a, a, a list of them. And if you have a group that you'd like to add to this, because this whole website is to edify the community through social media, uh, send us a private message on Facebook or an email at uh, info at truthabouttrucking.com. And just put in the subject line, add my group, and then, you know, send us an email and we'll look at it. Uh, One thing, though, make sure it's a public group because if we put a a group in there and it's closed and people go in, I guess, you know, it's a little more difficult. They they would have to ask to to join the group. Um, I'd like to give some shout-outs tonight. Oh, I want to welcome Elaine Papp to the Advisory Committee of North American Trucking Alerts uh, as the Occupational and Transportation Advisor for North American Trucking Alerts. Elaine Papp spent seven years as the Division Chief of the Office of Medical Programs at the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, uh, contributing to the uh, relationship between medical conditions Uh, their impact on safe operations of commercial motor vehicles, and FMCSA regulation and guidance. Uh, Ms. Papp has a broad range of occupational safety and health experience from private industry to international organizations, including working for OSHA uh, in several capacities. Now, Elaine will be on the show in a couple of weeks with our DOT medical advisor, Dr. Randolph Rosarian, who's also on the Advisory Council of North American Trucking Alerts, and they're going to be discussing sleep apnea, uh, the disease, who gets it, how to treat it, its role with your CDL. They're also going to discuss alternatives uh, besides CPAP machines and the cost and how to bring that cost down uh, should you need testing or the um, the actual uh, CPAP. <clears throat> so that's, that's going to be a great show. That might even be divided into a couple of different shows with the new uh, regulations probably coming down the pike for that. Um, now, oh, another one. Our other regulation and compliance representative for North, North American Trucking Alerts, Richard Wilson, attended the LDAC uh, committee meeting today. The committee was created. Uh, it stands for Entry Level Driver Training Advisory Committee to establish a nationalized standard for entry level training. Uh, uh, more more specifically, you know, to include on road training. Um, As everybody knows, with the signing of MAP 21 in July of 212, the highway bill required that the Secretary of Transportation uh, finally issue these regulations that would establish minimum requirements for entry-level training. So those committee meetings started today, and hopefully we'll get to talk to Rich, and and he'll tell us, uh, you know, what, what went on over there. He's sent a couple of posts on Facebook. I guess he and Todd Dills over at Overdrive Magazine uh, attended, and I uh, can't wait to hear all that. Um, I'd like to uh, – oh, I have a few shout-outs. I, I, I just want to send uh, a shout-out to Truckers Against Trafficking for their fighting the atrocities of human trafficking, truckdriverhealth.org, helping over-the-road drivers with educational health programs, Jason's Law for Safe Truck Parking, Give Truckers Room, Educating Drivers of Passenger Vehicles on How to Drive Around Semi-Trucks, the Trucking Solutions Group, uh, Mission to Share Information with Each Other and Others Within Our Industry, Including the Government and the Motoring Public, Heart Smart Highway, uh, Truck Drivers Sharing Photos, Lifestyles, Recipes, and General Tips Geared Toward Healthy Living on the Highway, uh, 
uh, truck driving career uh, dedicated for those who are entering the industry, road-tested living, recipes, cooking tips, and solutions for life that has been tested by a professional truck driver, and Team Run Smart, a community of trucking industry pros who can help uh, help with all your driving needs. Also, ATBS, uh, who offers business solutions for the small business owner. And actually, they were on our show last week. Great show. If you missed it, you need to go back in the archives and, and listen to that, especially since it's tax season. And they had tremendous ideas on how to save um, on your taxes, especially if you're an owner-operator and independent. Uh, Matt's is right around the corner, March 26th through the 28th. If you have a booth and you'd like us to announce it, send us a Facebook uh, PM, and uh, we'll help you get get you out there. I want to say hi to all our North American Trucking uh, Alerts partners, um, TCRG Consulting, Warhorse Media, Pivot Technology, Trucker2Trucker.com, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, and we appreciate all your help. Now, we have a Gats Cook-Off Contest. And this is Gats now. This is um, this is in August, but uh, the entries are going to have to, you know, take place over a few months. And I don't know, is there a 479 area code up there? Because Les was going to um, give this announcement. If he's not on, I'll give it. Uh, a 479? Yes. Uh, no hand up, but let me see here real quick. Uh, hey, Les, is that you? Yeah, hi, Al. Oh hey, I didn't know. Uh, did you want to? Did you want to uh, share something? I didn't see the hand up, so that's how come I didn't notice. Well, I, I have it, Les. If you want me to do it, but if you want to do it, yeah, I go ahead. Let you do go it. Ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I, I'm all ears. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks. Okay. Well, this this contest is sponsored uh, by Godspeed Expeditors, and it's from the uh, Heart Smart Highway. And it's a cooking competition for all drivers and the um, passengers who are conscious about healthy cooking on the road. The group was created by Jeannie Lennox to bring more awareness to truck driver health and many of the health issues that drivers face on a daily basis. And I'm sure she's going to be joining us on these uh, up-and-coming health shows along with um, a lot of other drivers who are concerned. Uh, When looking in the many talented posts by the members of HeartSmart Highway, uh, the admins thought it would be a great idea to try and reward the people who contribute to their page by creating a cooking challenge to acknowledge all their efforts. After viewing some of the posts, uh, and 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 this is amazing, these recipes on there, you'd really think that the, they were gourmet chefs instead of drivers. And that's the truth. Uh, it's unbelievable, the, the dinners that, that go up on that page. They are extending an open invitation to everyone to visit the HeartSmart Highway Facebook page, uh, become a member, and then enter the talent, their talents into a separate HeartSmart Highway cooking challenge on another Facebook page. But you could just go to HeartSmart Highway and all the directions are on that page. What you do is you post your HeartSmart Highway pictures of your healthy creations along with the ingredients. You don't need to put the recipe down. And you can become a monthly winner for that month. Uh, Drivers and riders, like I said, on the open road are all eligible entrants. Please visit their uh, Facebook page uh, for all the details. Uh, Now, as far as the monthly prizes, they hot pads, aprons, cash. There's going to be all kinds of monthly prizes awarded for these picks and ingredients. Like I said, you don't need to put your recipe down. 
Uh, the final cooking challenge, okay, uh, this is the big one, will be held in Dallas, Texas at Gats at the parking lot on August 27th of this year, and the winning entrance will walk away with $500 cold hard cash, and that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, the cooking challenge entries will be judged by a three-judge panel of fellow advocates for trucker health. Please help support a great group of people who are trying to bring a greater awareness to a healthier, over-the-road lifestyle. So go ahead, go on over, visit Heart Smart Highway and start changing the way you uh, fuel your body. And like I said, we're going to have a series of these shows, and I'm sure they're all they're all going to be um, part of these discussions. So um, I think I think that's all I have tonight. I was rambling pretty fast, Alan. <laughs> that's it. Well, we're cutting it close. All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Special thanks to uh, Kenny Capel and James Lamb of the SBTC for joining us. And uh, knew it was a uh, big story. Just wanted to get it all out there. And congratulations to Kenny and everybody involved. And I'm glad it all worked out all right. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Those in the chat room, those listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Ask the Trucker Live. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, BlogTalkRadio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
at me and my burning rig Checked out the damage that was done to the bridge Feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head Barely heard the words that officer said $10,000 fine and your CDL is gone Better call your mama to come take you home Three million miles and never a glitch The four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist I'm trying to make a living running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the, the trucking brand Trucking brand. 